Remember that this is the season for love. And that's what Seville 1075 and 1260 are always spreading. <laughs> what? Why are you chuckling? Joe Thomas in the morning, and time to check in at Virginia's 5th uh, Congressional District. Uh, he's not going to be able to hear this, but I hopefully um, you know, I can transcribe it verbally for him better. Uh, this is my sit-down with uh, Senator Mark Warner. When I buttonholed him, I, I, I make me sound tougher than I am, uh, but I asked him about... Uh, his demagoguery about Republicans uh, who, quote, wanted a border deal and now seem to be against it. And I asked him, I said, so so I guess you have actually seen it? And he said, yeah, I know the components. I have not seen all the language. I think you will see. I, am sure. I will say uh, I'm pretty sure maybe somebody has told me. Uh, so, and this is Washington 101. And uh, and Congressman Good, I appreciate you taking some time out with us. Uh, but it, it was just, you know, he was there so you know adamantly pointing to Republicans and saying how hypocritical they were because they wanted this border deal and now we've got one and they're against it. But nobody's seen it. Nobody knows what's in it. And even he admitted he had no idea what was uh, in it. Uh, just because you've got some of the similar sounding components doesn't mean the details on how they work is the same thing as Republicans had been asking for before. Four, does it? No, it doesn't. And we're, we're some, what, a month since the, the supposed contents of the framework of this deal were leaked intentionally, I suspect. I suspect what happened as Senator Langford was negotiating with the soon-to-be-impeached Secretary Mayorkas. Right. Uh, that's kind of ironic of all things. But as he's negotiating with him and they're putting this framework together, I, I suspect it was intentionally leaked to see what the reaction would be from Speaker Johnson, Republicans in the House, Republicans across the country, for that matter, Americans, you know, independents, moderate swing voters who want a secure border, by the way. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they've gotten a terrible reaction to it because this deal, as it's been reported, as it has been leaked, so to speak, and, you know, all they had to do was re release the real text so we could all read it, which supposedly is going to come sometime between today and Sunday. But uh, as it's been released anyway, it would be worse than doing nothing. So I'm thankful to hear and continue to hear that Speaker Johnson continues to say, as has been reported, dead on arrival in the Senate or in, in the House, rather, Good. because it would be worse, Joe, than doing nothing to do a bad deal that does not address the border security uh, that, you know, continues to allow illegals to invade the country with impunity, but yet gives political cover to uh, Democrats generally, including in Virginia, including our senators who have not voted in any way to secure the border and let alone to give political cover to the president who has, whose reversal of the Trump policies that were working has caused this invasion as he now feigns that he has no ability to stop the invasion, that he can't reverse back the policies uh, that he reversed that caused this invasion as he invited illegals to come in and to receive amnesty in our country. Well, isn't it a disingenuous argument as well to say uh, that, oh, you just want to oppose it because it's a campaign issue when I think, you know, fixing the border would be a campaign issue, too. I think I think running on the positive of finally we stopped the, the, the this this horde of people coming across. That would be a pretty good campaign issue. But apparently that does, doesn't do that. Um, and and so I, I, I think this is just not having something intellectual to argue about for it. Uh, they just have to say, oh, you're just against it now because you want it for a campaign issue. Uh, are you facing oh, that in the 5th? No. I, I, as I was in the 5th all week last week, I heard about the border more than anything else. This week, of course, we were in Washington. I just got back last night. But Republicans 
and Democrats, independents, moderate swing voters, all want safety and security, all want economic prosperity, all want their kids to do well in schools, all want to have access to the health services that they need or social services they need, those sorts of things. All of that is threatened, primarily national security, the security and safety of the American people with this border invasion. That impacts all Americans. And while, yes, Texas is a red-leaning state that has the most border exposure, we've got Arizona, New Mexico, and California, which are obviously blue states, and the blue cities, the urban centers are beyond the border states, are the most impacted by this mm-hmm. border invasion. That, it impacts all Americans. It should transcend politics. We ought, to join, we ought to at least have in common America first, patriotism, our constitutional principles, uh, and, yes, the safety and security of Americans, the, the protection of, of, the, of these states, these 50 states from invasion, uh, should be at the top of all elected officials at the federal level's priority list. Sadly and unfortunately, it is not, as we've seen with this border invasion, where now you've got this desire by the Democrats all of a sudden, because we're going to election year, that they want to appear, appear concerned about border security. They don't want actual border security. Right. They want to appear that they want border security. Well, and, and you've brought this up, and you, you very eloquently pointed out that the, all the money, because they only seem to talk about money, Bob. It's, oh, billion here, billion there. And as if the money becomes border security, what they want to hire are more border in, intake agents rather That's than right. border guarding agents, correct? That's right. It is not a, a money issue. It is not a financial issue. If it were, they would allow Texas to help them instead of preventing Texas from helping them secure the border. When Greg Abbott is trying to provide the resources and the personnel and the, 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 uh, the, the, the enforcement measures, the, you know, the, the barbed wire and the barriers and so forth, the administration won't let them do it. As other states have sent their National Guard to help, the administration doesn't want them to be allowed to turn these illegals away. So, yes, it's not about the resources. And every Democrat, when they start to talk about it, including our senators, starts with, well, if we could get more money, and your point, Joe, is right. Number one, they just always want to spend. They don't care about the $200 billion monthly deficit and $34 trillion national debt. But also the answer is always throw more money at it. And what they mean, though, to use those resources not to repel, not to detain, not to return, not to prevent entry, but no, to process them more quickly into the United States, hopefully in the dark of night without Americans noticing it until they show up at their doorstep in their respective areas of where they live. I, I know it seems like it's far away, but I believe the next the next stopgap window closes in March uh, regarding you know, funding government uh, services. What is your sense, having now gone through a few months with Speaker Johnson? Um, you, you, what's the expression, Bob? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, is he starting to learn that you, you know Hakeem Jeffries and Chuck Schumer? Uh, aren't looking out for him any more than probably Mitch McConnell is. I fear he's not learning that. I fear we're going to have rinse and repeat here. Uh, we are begging and pleading with Speaker Johnson to attach border security to the funding mechanisms, to pass out of the House now with Republican votes, uh, welcoming Democrats to join us, but to even pass a spending bill that would keep in place the spending levels from a year ago that were that, – that, Passed both houses. I voted against it. It's too high. But the, the FRA, Failed Responsibility Act, as I call it, or Fiscal Responsibility <laughs> Act, $1.59 trillion, which which is less than the recent deal that's been agreed. Let's at least go back to what was passed into law a year ago. But attached to it, 
Border Security, H.R. 2, uh, the border security provision that would codify into law all the policies that were working under President Trump, and enforcement mechanisms, meaning they don't get all the money in the budget until they bring the, the, the border invasion down, and support for Israel paid for offset with reduction in climate credits or reduction in U.N. funding or reduction in IRS expansion, lots of low-hanging fruit. But send it out of the House now. Let the, let the Senate decide will they, will they fund the government at the levels that they passed a year ago and secure the border and support Israel paid for, or will the Senate Democrats shut it down? Unfortunately, Speaker Johnson has demonstrated a fear of a government shutdown an un, at all costs and an unwillingness to suffer a temporary pause in the non-essential part of the government operations. None of us want a government shutdown, but that is not the greatest failure, is a temporary pause in non-essential government operations. The 15% of the government that actually pauses in so-called shutdown, that, that is not it is worse to keep doing what we're doing, bankrupting our country, failing to secure our border, so we ought to go on offense. The Speaker ought to pass the funding bills at what was passed a year ago that would have a very slight, about $60 billion in cuts, very modest, it's embarrassingly low, but some cuts, secure the border, support Israel, paid for with some cut and some of this crazy yeah. left-wing uh, stuff that's in, 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 in the budget currently. Yeah, you move things around. You talked about it. You know, there's plenty of money if we move it, you know, out of something that's, you know, and you could, if you really wanted to engage intellectually, you could point to all these programs that haven't been working since 1964. Uh, but that could take a while. Only, Joe, only half a trillion, 500 billion approximately of unauthorized programs on autopilot that we haven't even authorized in decades, meaning where we don't come back and say, this is appropriate, this is right. a, this is justified, and we're off. It's just on autopilot. We just keep giving the money every year. It's about a half a billion, I'm sorry, half a trillion dollars, about 500 billion of budgets not even authorized. So, so this week, and a lot of press coverage was the social media CEOs, including uh, one of Chairman Xi's, you know, lackeys from TikTok, were on the Hill. What is your sense uh, because I still feel like we're walking out onto very thin ice when it comes to this, and and we could just do it simply uh, by by treating these people like publications, like like Newsweek or or the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal, and just say, listen, you're a publisher, you sell advertising for people to read what's in your publication. You should be held to account for what's there. Uh, if it's dangerous, if it's if it's incendiary, or something, the same way if somebody got a letter into Time magazine inciting, you know, some sort of riot, um, you know. But what is your sense of the dog and pony show that was this this made for TV interrogation of the CEOs? Well, what I am most concerned about, as it applies to big tech, in particular those you know, big four or five companies that control everything is the monopoly power uh, that they essentially have, the ability to control the transmission of information, what American people can see. You know, how many people are get going out to the doorstep in the morning like you, you and I may still do, but pick up the paper newspaper off the, you know, the front porch. Uh, I, I have even finally moved to where I, you know, I read the daily paper in my district uh, online, but, but, uh, but most Americans are getting information, obviously, over the Internet and through these big companies. And the, the ability to control information, what Americans see, what they don't see, the government collusion with them, you know, controlling during the pandemic, what was allowed to be seen, mm -hmm. what was suppressed, what was enhanced, uh, political information, candidate information that's suppressed. I know that I am suppressed on some of these platforms. Uh, and that of the, the monopoly power uh, to control information is just like, as you know, 
the, the censorship of the information so that you mentioned the letter. So if you or I were going to send a letter, what if a private company instead of the Postal Service, or the Postal Service for that matter, but would open the contents of that letter and decide based on what it said whether or not we could deliver it, or a phone call. Before you could make a phone call, before you could send a text message, mm-hmm. someone looked into it, decided based on the contents, would it be transmitted to whomever you were sending it to. That's the power these large social media, media companies, tech companies, uh, these service providers, this is what they have in control. That's what I'm concerned about is the monopoly power, their ability, their, their willingness to suppress and control information on what does get seen, what doesn't get seen, what does get promoted, what isn't allowed to be promoted, what the, they get to decide what they think the truth is or what the truth is not. And, and, the, and the federal government working with those companies demonstrated yeah. that the Biden administration worked with those companies during the pandemic to decide what got, could be seen and what couldn't be seen, what could be put on or taken off platforms. Not to mention, again, the promotion of wrong information leading up to elections or the suppression of information, Hunter Biden laptop scheme, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, scandal, I should say. So that's what I'm most concerned about is reigning in big tech. Uh, And, you know, I don't agree with them on some things. But one of my colleagues, Ken Buck, has been a leader in uh, taking on big tech. I think he's spot on with that respect. And I support what he has been trying to do in his Judiciary Committee to that effect. I know that uh, your friend and mine, Tom Garrett, is famous for saying uh, when asked which is more important, truth or freedom, he says truth, because once you have truth, freedom follows. Um, there, Bob, last one for you, because you're a banking guy, because you're a finance guy, and, and I did ask your esteemed colleague, Senator Warner, about this, and he didn't know anything about it, uh, but he promised me he'd find out. Uh, the bank collapse, uh, this ever-grand uh, situation in Hong Kong and China, I, I'm getting conflicting stories. Half the stories say nothing to see here. China's great. China's, you know, strong, stronger than everyone. And the other one says China's about to implode uh, economically. What are you hearing as somebody who's savvy in the the world of of finance well i'll just say as it relates to china i don't i don't have a lot to add about that bank specifically but i will just say as it relates to china one something that's so very different with china versus here and what makes china such a an adversary and a dangerous uh adversary at that is there's no distinction in china between uh, the private and the public but the, go- the government controls everything uh, all commerce is controlled by the government. Uh, everything that happens in that country is controlled by the government, uh, whether it's their, the way they manipulate their currency, uh, the way that every, everything, mm-hmm. and every, everything is, is, has to, you know, pay homage to the, to the government. They control, they, you don't get to come to the United States without permission of the government. You get to study abroad without permission of the government. And again, they control everything. There's no separation there. And so, uh, China is, you know, while they have prospered economically and obviously in a lot of ways over the, over recent decades, uh, the CCP is infiltrates everything, permeates everything. And that's why President Trump was right to consider them a adversary while Joe Biden changed that to a competitive partner. Uh, we must confront China. This administration doesn't do that, uh, because they're an economic threat. They are a military threat. They're a national security threat. They're a, uh, we're, that's what we're just talking about from a, from a data threat, from a, mm-hmm. a, a access to our, our information, our, our, our intelligence, those sorts of things, whether they, whether they're flying, fly, flying spy balloons over our country or whether they're, uh, infiltrating through TikTok or whether they're, uh, on our college campuses, uh, mm-hmm. whether they're, again, if they manipulate their concurrency, they don't compete on a level playing field. Uh, so President Trump was right to confront them. I certainly hope that he will be our president here in, in, in the next uh, 11 months, and we can begin to confront China appropriately again. Hopefully we make it that far. 
good.house.gov. Um, congrats on the announcement of the launch of the re-election campaign. I hope that's going well, and enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Joe. Great to be with you. CBS 19 weather updates every 10 minutes on Joe Thomas in the morning because he knows that El Nino isn't one of those kids at the border. WCHV.